of the Other Wrestling Dave's podcast. I'm your host, and I'm here with Dustin Whitehead today. He's one of our Michigan sports and entertainment pro wrestling writers. Uh, him and I are the ones that are pretty much always on that at MSC Pro Wrestling account. So you're going to hear us talk probably for the first time. And what a night to pick. It's wrestling history. Not, not only is it the first episode of this podcast, there were some other important shows going on tonight, Dustin. Did you watch NXT and AEW? Oh, yeah. Tried watching them both at the same time like a crazy person. <laughs> they were both really good. I mean, I'm looking forward to the Wednesday Night Wars, brother. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun and a lot of unanswerable questions that I'm looking forward to getting answers to. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this is the Wednesday Night Wars is kind of a name that got thrown upon this thing immediately as it was announced. And I feel like the dynamite hype has been going on forever. And people have just been asking questions and questions and predicting things and saying things. And we really didn't have a solid basis to say much until now. But now we've seen the first episode of Dynamite and we've seen the third episode of NXT on USA, but it was the first one uh, that was a full two hours on USA. So we do now have a sample size of head-to-head. -head. Tomorrow we're going to get the ratings. So uh, this, I think this podcast is going to come out uh, tomorrow morning, which would be uh, Thursday morning. So we'll have the ratings by Thursday night. So next week we'll be able to review the ratings of this week, but um, we can only predict that for now. So I've kind of broken up the uh, the two shows into little blocks because I, I you know you mentioned this on Twitter a whole bunch tonight that there was like it, I don't know if you want to call it counter programming but a lot of things lined up or a lot of things matched up and it seemed like uh, both companies kind of knew that there was going to be some channel hopping uh, there was going to be some people like you who attempted to watch it on two screens at the same time I tried to do the same but I ended up just ignoring 
NXT, and that's why we're recording this, starting our recording after midnight, because I had to watch NXT afterwards, so we'll get right into it. Um, start with AEW, the opening, it was really nice to see Tony Schiavone at that desk. I know you enjoyed him at the beginning, but that, to me, he's seeing him, JR, uh, and Excalibur, really felt, it got, I got goosebumps, you know, it was just like, this is it, wrestling's back on TNT, someone's competing with WWE. What do you think about that, and specifically about Tony Schiavone tonight? Oh, the dude's awesome. He basically went from not being on live wrestling TV broadcasting for 20 years almost and best overnight, basically, just on live TV, just the best. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's anyone better. Like, JR, I thought it was a clear third. I mean, Excalibur, I think, is pretty good. Um, if you look at like a Raw or the new Raw announced team, no thanks. I mean, we know what the SmackDown team has, no thanks. I mean, NXT, people love Morrow. That's not really my kind of cup of tea. I mean, Tony Schiavone <laughs> was awesome. He's the best. Yeah, I, I'm a Morrow guy, and I know that you're not, you know, uh, I think the main like, criticism of Morrow is that he's a hun- he's like at 100% all the time, and that's kind of what like Mo- Michael Cole is too. So I see where people kind of – get those vibes. I thought Tony Schiavone was perfect tonight. I mean, he he has this one liners. He got yes. uh, you know he had good like storytelling, like, you know, lost art apparently. Yeah, I no, that that's just, the thing is is an announcer's job at the end of the day isn't to be like and I hate to say Corey Graves because I do I did used to like Corey Graves, but it turned into the character of the announcer becoming a gimmick and needing to get over. And the announcer, the commentators are there to get the talent yeah, over. And that's what Tony yeah. Schiavone did tonight. Everything he did set someone up to say something. I thought he was absolutely perfect. I know you were a big fan, and I totally agree with Even, you. He went in one night from being out of the business for a few decades to being the best person on air. Sorry. But like, yeah, he's done the MLW, but that, that, was, that stuff really wasn't live. And like, Even when he was inside the ring doing – the uh, interviews, like he did that better than anybody too. I love like, those. Like he did it so good. Like I don't know, Tony Schiavone, A plus. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, so let's talk about the first kind of fights uh, in both. We had, you know, we'll call this the first block of television from both shows. The first match. This is our Jushin Thunder Liger and Brian Pillman Jr. match. This is uh, Cody and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> so I know that. What did you, <laughs> what'd you what'd you think of the first match on AEW back? I, I Guevara impressed me. Yeah, I mean, there was a company that kind of indie promotion, and it's out of business now, but it was called Wrestle Circus. And that's the first time I've seen this kid about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he stood out, and he was, I believe, their champion. And he has a lot of upside and should be a good heel going forward. And they did some good things, a typical Cody match, you know, had your shenanigans, Brandy involved, all that. So that was solid. I mean, probably could have, we got the fans that were there live invested by the end, which is always a positive. Yeah, so. I, I thought the crowd was pretty hot for the show to start. Uh, they definitely knew they were on live TV. Like you said, there's that traditional Brandy stuff. I think you knew that spot was coming the minute she walked out with Cody. It yeah. stayed ringside, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it just has to happen. And then, like you said, uh, Guevara, that was kind of his story, is that he's a young up-and-comer, and that was kind of the chip on his shoulder and why he's a heel, is that he's sick of being told, oh, he's got promise, he's got lots of potential. Um, but I think that's a really clever way of making someone a believable heel. And I, if you're if you're asking me, I think Sammy Guevara, and we'll get to this at the end of the show, what he did, but I think he had the most character development of anyone on television tonight. Uh, that being mm. said, I, the match was impressive, but when you do have a young guy like Guevara who hasn't been on TV before, um, you know, he's just going to be, I don't want to say green, because he's certainly not green. He's been in the ring before. But there's just certain things that could have been a little cleaner. Um, of course, that went head-to-head with uh, Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. And I, I freaking love this match, dude. This was the best. <laughs> this was one of the best NXT championship matches I've seen. Well, I guess since the last one because pretty much all of them are great. But, man, what do you think about this one? Oh, Adam Cole is probably my favorite wrestler of the past five years. The dude is so top-notch on the mic in the ring uh and then you got matt riddle you know bro like is so over like so he's so awesome and this is um, like when matt riddle signed with nxt roughly about a year ago maybe maybe a little bit more yeah he got got pulled out of the 2018 bola so we literally just had the 2019 bola so yeah just about a year yeah and that's the one match like i instantly wanted because like you know cole when he was on the indies was like with ring of honor and riddles would evolve and like i feel like maybe they've faced off in the past but like that's the match where that could be the, your main event of a wrestlemania takeover a royal rumble takeover you know so honestly i think it could be the main event match of several takeovers and like you said uh, it's an indie dream match for several years yeah yeah for sure like riddle like right when he popped on the scene the dude was like he had it like you could see it you know what i mean like i mean he's got the look dude he's 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 a big guy he's muscular as hell and exactly uh, he's he's a good wrestler like that's the best part about him is that he doesn't just have the look and stuff he's a great wrestler like, obviously, he has that, like, amateur background, you know, so it's like, oh, Kurt Angle, but it's, like, a completely different style, but, like, then you see the flashes. It's like, of, like Kurt Angle like, meets Rob hits. Van Dam. Like, if Kurt Angle were constantly yeah, high, yeah, yeah. that's Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the quick hip flip, you know, like, the dude is awesome. But, like right. I said, Cole, Cole, real quick, though, Cole should be NXT champion for... At least up to Mania, Undisputed Era. Oh, yeah. Should run NXT. And, like, I, I tweeted about it, but, like, he, the dude, he cool has so many challengers right now. He's like a 1980s Ric Flair. Like, all these baby faces coming for him. And it's legit. You know, that's why Triple H knows what the hell he's doing because, <laughs> you know, he knows his 1980s wrestling and what, what gets over. And he's, <laughs> he's doing it right now in his own vision. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There are a whole lot of people that Cole can go with. Obviously, Riddle, I mean, I don't think this is a one-and-done match. I think that they can have a whole series. I know. Let's hold off. we got to get to the end of the shows, and then we'll mention the the next one. But at the end of this match, what happened? Oh, well, 
Yeah, I forgot. This was literally next. All right, so Finn Balor is NXT. I mean, holy Biggest shit. Biggest surprise it, of the night. Yeah, dude. Like this – I mean, okay, as far as surprises go, even though Finn Balor is a WWE uh, talent, and I'll go ahead and spoil what happens in the main event of AEW, but <laughs> Jake Hager or Finn Balor, who do you want doing your surprise? Yeah, I'll just not answer that one. No, it's Finn Balor. But, yeah. like – Finn Balor is probably the greatest NXT champion ever. I mean, like, that's that's pretty much dead. what he's known as. That's how they announced him as he came back. I mean, that's which is the truth. Like he had the longest reign, best feuds, like Samoa Joe, and oh, I can't really think of his early stuff. But I mean, he he's just Anyways, period. Yeah. When he came to NXT, he was one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'm convinced that he can no still be one of the best was. wrestlers in the world. Uh, yeah, Kevin Owens, um, but. Yeah. Where do you see this going? Okay, so now you have Riddle and Balor, uh, you know, vying for that championship opportunity. You got to think Balor just gets an immediate shot because of his prestige and stuff. But like you said, Cole should hang on to this until the entire Undisputed Era is ready to come up to the main roster. And that makes sense after WrestleMania. So how do you book Finn Balor in a program with Adam Cole and make it okay? And we didn't even mention Champa, so that's why I said there's so many guys. But anyways, the, how you make this happen in my mind is they're going to do a TV match, and it's going to be not for a non-title match, and Balor would get the W. Then there's War Games, and I I don't know how you're going to – I feel like Undisputed Era has to have four challengers in the War Games match, right, for the, all the wow. gold on the line probably. Yeah. So – can you extend this storyline? Like, where are they going to go with this? Is Balor going to, like, not be in that War Games match? Maybe he faces Velveteen Dream in a singles match or something? Or Roderick Stronger? I don't know. Well, I know but Velveteen then, Dream just after this, uh, you know, cha- I think he challenged Roderick Strong. Yeah, he did. I'm trying to think of, like, where you go with Balor because we got this Champa factor. So it's like well, something that jumped out to me immediately, and I don't think that they would do this, but it's to find a way to make Riddle and Balor get into each other's face you know like have them fight it out for an opportunity because like who doesn't want to see that match dude who doesn't want to see that match that's your co-main event along with like the women's match at war games and then you wrap it back around it's that champ effect i can't i can't get past it but maybe at royal rumble or royal royal rumble takeover it's main event battler versus cole Maybe well, Balor remember loses, though, maybe they're not Balor doing a Royal Rumble takeover. They're doing a they're doing that worlds collide thing. Remember? Gosh, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah. So it's interesting. Oh it's, wow, they have a lot of booking options, like you said. And I mean, you know, who are we to go ahead and, and book for them? Triple H is doing a pretty damn good job. Uh, you know, if you just watch this one show alone, I think the main takeaway is that Triple H knows what the fuck he's doing. So yeah. Uh, all right, so this first block, oh, um, wow. we're pretty much putting head-to-head uh, Cody versus Sam, Sammy Guevara uh, against Colin Riddle. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to go with me on this. Colin Riddle was the better match, and it was the better segment, despite uh, that, the first AEW thing half hour, a good thing. That first half hour of NXT was great. Like, I have to go with that. I mean, by a lot. <laughs> it's more of a compliment to... Cole and Riddle than a disc to Sammy and Cody for sure. 
Yeah. And the other thing I forgot to mention is at the end of the uh, Cody Guevara match, uh, Jericho ran out and that got a pretty big pop. He beat him up. Uh, you could kind of tell that it was Jericho running up because uh, Guevara was shaking Cody's hand. And you were like, all right, why is this heel all of a sudden like shaking it? And he had a little grin on his face. So when you heard the crowd pop, it was Jericho running down uh, for sure. And, you know, that was good. It definitely built up to the main event. Uh, but yeah, Colin Riddle still is winning this segment. A runout's not going to do anything for me. So the second block that I've put together is uh, <laughs> this one's weird. It, it was MJF and Brandon Cutler, but that was a three-minute match. It was actually two minutes and fifty-five seconds, and then I, I'm. It was all about getting MJF over. Yeah, it was. I mean, M okay, so MJF cut this awesome, awesome promo. I can't say much about the match because there wasn't a lot going on. I mean, Brandon Cutler. I guess fine. He did okay, but I mean, did anyone know who he was before this? And does anyone know who he is after this? I don't think so. Uh, All just, I know is he's the young buck's friend. Yeah, he's that guy on BTE, dude. Like, I mean, I, I, I you know, they did that whole two contract Cutler thing, uh, but I, you know, I don't know anything else about him. So this was clearly an MJF thing. But uh, the the head to head thing that we kind of had here was an MJF promo and a Velveteen Dream promo at the same time. So what do you think about uh, the two promos? I know you had a tweet out there about that. I'd like to see him have a duel, a promo duel against one another for sure. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely different styles. Like MJF is just, you, I think you actually tweeted about it. He's just so damn cool. <laughs> like, he's, you know, but like, that's a problem because he's, I mean, he's a great well, heel. It's not, like, the cool, it's not the cool, like, oh, like I don't want to boo this guy because he... Well, basically, say you banged your mother and you know it. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's just, you'll want to like him, but then you'll, he'll say something and everyone will be like, boo. And that's, you know, it's perfect. I can't believe they, that. They're, they're certainly these, great, both, both great promos. Both these guys are my age, which makes me sad. I think they're both 23 <laughs> years old. So, it's like, it's unbelievable. They both have, this sky's the limit for both of them. For real, I, they they are two of the best. Uh, I think Mike people in in either company, um, and you know yeah. if somehow WWE and AEW ever had some sort of cross thing or people change sides, yeah. I think MJF Velveteen Dream would be a great promo, but it's not happening. Nope, it's not happening. But I mean, both unique styles. One that probably should be done more, but if it was done more, it'd be overused than MJF, and then Dream is just his own kind of dude like so the other things that i've kind of paired together with that quick mjf match in this little segment is uh angelico and jack evans came out and they interrupted like a little i can't even tell it was it a promo with jay and silent bob i mean that was weird hmm. i may have missed that one is that wasn't it uh, SCU that came out, or was that later? That was just so after this. Yeah, right before that, it was like Shivani and Jane Silent Bob. Were, I, he was like interviewing them. I guess they were promoting something. And then Angelico and Evans came out to talk shit. And then Private Party was standing, uh, you know, in the crowd. Like they came into the crowd to kind of protect them and confront them. It was it was a whole fucking mess. And it, it uh, was just very weird. Then the Scorpio Sky, uh, Kazarian and okay. Daniels SCU came out. And Scorpio said that they were going to go with Kazarian and Daniels because if you remember on the uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I called it. 
Yeah, I don't know if it was the last BTE or the BTE before it, but I think they did like an angle about, you know, which which two of the three are going to be competing in the tag competition. And, well, of course, each photo, person suggested the other two. Always this, well, it was kind of obvious since the, po- the photo for, like, the advertising's always been Daniels and Kazarian. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of obvious. But uh, obviously it sounds like they did a whole – tournament angle schmas thing where oh this team's in it this team's in it whatever where is the boy in his dinosaur that's the real question but no <laughs> yeah they weren't um, on this show but yeah i know the uh you know so the the, the scu got interrupted by the lucha bros and yep i'm not sure that i've ever heard them actually cut english promos uh but i neither phoenix Ray Phoenix was definitely more comfortable on the mic because he's the one who did the talking. And then they just gave Penta the mic and he hit the sit him. Yeah, though. So I'm a big Pentagon mark. I, he's my favorite wrestler. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that. I thought the brawl was pretty cool. And security came out and took everyone away. But the issue I have is that apparently there's a security team when something happens on the stage. But if something happens in the main event, or if something happens like Jericho running down to the ring, they don't they don't do anything to stop it. So I you know I think it's a little inconsistent, and these are continuity errors that they're going to have to fix. Yeah, it seems like it was just an angle, you know, to get these guys on TV before they do matches next week. You know, starting off the tag team tournament. Do uh, yeah. you got any early predictions for that tag team tournament? Well, I want to say that at the end of the day, I think the right team to have the belt are the Young Bucks. But somehow, yeah, like I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. So really, then who? I feel like the Young Bucks are the team that like wins it second or third, probably third. Okay. Which it's it's a weird psychology. I mean, I'm I'm not going with the Dark Order. And then nope. you have the Jungle Express, which I, I I just think that it's too early for that, you know? The, the thing is, I think the Jungle Express, if they can – because I feel like LAX is going to interfere – whatever they're called now, sorry. But if they're going to interfere in the first-round match, you know, so Jurassic Express or whatever is going to get wins probably over the Lucha Bros and Young Bucks, which is I think they're going to make it to the finals. And that's – that's probably better for them than winning the titles. And then I think SCU is going to be the first champions. I'm okay with SCU. I mean, Kazarian and Daniels are... is one of the most underrated tag teams of the past decade. They have had so many great matches people don't even know about. Like, Mm -hmm. it's unreal. Especially those two. Like, Scorpio Sky kind of joined them the past two years. But, like, Daniels and Kazarian are... They're definitely in my... I mean, at least in my life, they're a legendary tag team. But yeah, the the thing I think I mean, I'd be able to play heel or babyface. Which, if whoever beats them is going to be better off for it, and say it is Jurassic Express, you know that'd be cool. Or Young Bucks, maybe, or LAX. Even they they can lose to anybody. Yeah, I, that that was the upside the that I that I heard when you when you said SCU is that they're kind of a tweener team, you know. They they, yep. they shit on every town that they come in unless it's you know California, but right. but people love to get shit on by them. So it, it's yeah. they can they could lose yeah. to a babyface or a heel team. I think you're smart in picking them, and I'll actually change 
my prediction from the Young Bucks to SCU with you saying that. And then because okay, so on the on you the know WWE, you're getting a good match. Uh huh. You know you're getting a match that is worth watching. That and you know you can put them in any situation. You can put them in triple threat or tag team matches. You can do anything with them, and they can make Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus look so good. Like I think that should be the finals actually because. I have this gut feeling that LAX is... What are they called now? You know? Are they called LAX? Oh, I I think they did have a new name, but I have, they've just been calling them Ortiz, Santana and Ortiz, right? Just for now? Santana and Ortiz. Okay. For now. Well, Santana and Ortiz. I feel like they're going to cost the Lucha Bros. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes even. sense, and that makes sense in like a, a feud. And that's a feud that I want to see, too. Yeah, exactly. So... I just, I just think the SCU is the team, you know, because they got. I know that's like, I know like everyone's gonna be like, oh, what are you guys gonna do? Have all your champions be over forty-five? It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, just shut up because, like, they can still go. Right? No, because you know, like, other than, you know, my argument for the Young Bucks is that it adds prestige to the title, but I think that SCU. And especially because Daniels adds more, and their title hurts it. Yeah, I for me the only person that should be an EVP is uh, Cody, or at least like yes. not in real life, but I mean like yeah, just in character. The only person with the yeah, because yeah, he just has that. Uh, you know, like I'm not saying you need a corporation face. type deal, but he's got it. <laughs> oh. Maybe it's Kenny. I feel like Kenny might be going heel, so maybe he should be the one that uses. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, heel, like, yeah, he's definitely been going heel in BTE. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. how they play that out. So on the mm-hmm. NXT side of this block, uh, so all of that that I just said, everything from MJF and Brandon Cutler all the way to that uh, SCU thing. Um, yep. With that <laughs> went head. To, I guess that went kind of head to head with Mia Yim and Io Shirai, and Io Shirai tore down the house, dude. She, you tweeted this that she was the best wrestler on TV, and MJF was the best character on TV at that moment. But yep. I'm goddamn, dude. Io Shirai is so good. I mean, WWE is so lucky to have all these Japanese talents, especially when they're on NXT yeah. before they're butchered on the main roster. Yeah, I mean, she's easily a top five talent in the world in the female division of, you know, just wrestling. Like, she's so damn talented. She was a good baby face, but in Japan, apparently, she was even a better heel, which now she's getting the do. I think we'll, she we'll get to in a minute. She comfortable as a heel, too. I, I kind of struggle to understand why Candice didn't beat Shayna so that Io can beat her. Like, when is Shayna going to lose a good enough babyface that Io can take that belt from that babyface within, like, a month? Because she's like at champion. a certain point, and, and I mean, who knows when this will be, but with all that horsewomen stuff happening on the main mm-hmm. roster, that the horsewomen and Ronda have to return to set up a WrestleMania angle this year, that just makes the and most sense to me. And you can get Shayna to drop the belt that way right if she's moving up she yeah. never lost so that's she's the strong gonna go all Oscar and just be like here you go i'm not losing this to anybody is that what's gonna happen because that's my one pet peeve about nxt booking is when the champion doesn't lose the belt before they leave yeah i mean it, it might go that way honestly because they have booked her yeah. too strong for anyone i mean i can't yeah. I mean, candace is a strong baby face don't get me wrong she was great um, but yeah, Io Shirai needs to beat a babyface to win that championship. She definitely—I I, don't—I don't, I don't want 
I do want to see, but I don't want to see her and Shayna again. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, who is the former UK Women's Champion? That, Rhea Ripley. Uh, yeah, Rhea Ripley. She's sorry. a good one. She's a good one. Maybe, maybe she's the powerhouse that beats her. You know. But then, There's, so then, like how do you, but then, but then you have to set up EO to beat Rhea, and people are going to be pissed about that. I mean, NXT has so many good people. People, people are just going to be pissed I think about people anything. People would love to see that match. <laughs> okay. All yeah, right, give so, me that match. So, all right, so, and, and we didn't say anything about Mia Yim because she's not bad. She's but she player. was just, she was just there. Like, like yeah. EO was the star of this thing. Yeah. Decent character, like could use some more development character-wise, but. I've never disliked her either. I mean, I got nothing against clear, her. This is a clear strength for NXT. If we're going NXT versus AEW, is the women's division. Yes. Like just like the tag team division, AEW kicks NXT's ass for the most part. For the most part. Like for the most part, like the women's division in NXT dominates AEWs. It's very very strong, and they've been stockpiling women's talent for uh, so long, and really. Uh, you know, women's wrestling uh, being popular is a relatively new thing. So to stockpile women like that at a time where women are just, uh, you know, getting the ability to do what it is that they're doing in wrestling nowadays uh, puts AEW at a clear disadvantage. And that's, I think that's kind of why you see such a discrepancy. But between these two blocks, I mean, obviously we had one really good match, but then we had one quick match and a good promo i mean who are you giving on this second block who are you giving the win nxt or aw hmm. uh, what do you what, what way do you leave i kind of i have to go torn. nxt because io shirai was just i mean like okay she went 1447 <laughs> and mjf and cutler went 255 i mean a 15 minute io shirai match is gonna beat pretty much any three minute match even if they did have a couple of good promos and i'm taking points off of a aw there because of that jay and silent bob thing i mean you're lucky you didn't get to see that because for me it was just really <laughs> would have made the answer really easy <laughs> yeah dude it was just so it was just like a you know it was like you're wearing like yeah. a, a white pair of pants and have a shit stain on the back like it it was just <laughs> dude it was have so we, bad do we have a cracker barrel i didn't stick i don't think we've seen a cracker barrel commercial tonight did we <laughs> i i did not i i did not see any cracker barrel commercials they were pretty much gotcha. plugging a lot of tnt stuff um yeah the but biggest it was... mistake of the whole show is not having joey janela on it like oh, starting man. to go off well but he's such a hard uh, person to introduce into the mainstream i just think that maybe Tony Shivani would have made him a star. Okay, all right. I, you know, I I have trust in Tony, but I'm giving I'm giving this second block, uh, like we did the Sorry. first to NXT. So, yeah, this is yeah. right now yep. it's two nothing exactly. NXT, and that puts us about forty five minutes in, fifty five minutes in. This is where we have two singles matches between two guys, and I thought both of these matches were pretty good. Hangman and Pac, and Pac. It's Pack, not Pac. I gotta get used to that. And then that went up against Gargano and Thorn. Gargano and Thorn went a good nine minutes. Uh, Pack and Hangman That's went thirteen. Match. Yeah, they're both pretty good matches. I mean, I'm still like, you know, I bought tickets for Double or Nothing, and the most the match I was looking most forward to was Pack versus Hangman, and it didn't happen. And it was all because they were basically kayfabing us and they had a storyline all set up but that got ruined so it kind of makes me mad that they took that match off the card still and tonight i wasn't overly impressed they did some good stuff i mean 
Well, you watch New Japan, <laughs> right? Once in a while, yeah. So have you ever seen a New Japan uh, match? Die hard, no. Like, um, oh, man, I want to say like the the Ibushi Kenny Omega match. Uh, I think that was, I guess maybe okay. it was in the G1 last year. Kota Ibushi? Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, but they had a match and it was just, it was good. It was definitely good, but it wasn't what we all wanted. And I think that's because they were holding back for something more. Do you think that's the case here? Or do you think that it was just kind of like, you know, the the double or nothing thing was so built up. I, can they get back there? What do you got to hold back for, though? Yeah. It's been six months. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the first show on up. TNT. Why would you hold back? Exactly. There's nothing to hold back. Do what you're going to do. You know, okay, I'm sorry. You're getting 13 minutes instead of 26. Okay. So what? You but know, if this make is it... the only but if this is the only hangman and pack match that we get, I mean, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm curious where they're gonna go with hangman. Like, yeah, that dude can't buy a win, but he's just gonna drop down. And he's gonna beat every mid level heel that they got or babyface. He's gonna kill the mid card. But then he, he's the guy. I'm trying to think of an example real quick in WWE. He's the Samoa Joe. That's yeah. who he is. He's the dude that beats all these upper mid card dudes, and then he can't beat a main eventer. Yep, that's who, that's who Eggman's going to be. I can just see it now, and I hope they figure it out with him because is I don't. Could you argue that he's their highest upside upside baby face of a singles competitor? Maybe. Um, besides Kenny, like you know, besides Kenny, and, Kenny, and I, I know we we have differing opinions on Cody. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's a, I guess that's a hot take. Never mind, but like, Moxley's an interesting guy because I don't know if he's a heel or a face or what they're gonna do with him. Um, but yeah. I, Hangman is definitely up there. I mean, I think he's at the top of the mid card baby faces. But I guess it's, I should yeah. tell people what the finish was in case they didn't see the show. Um, yep, Earl Ebner was refing this match, and uh, so Pack. Uh, at one point kind of bumped into Ebner. He didn't take a bump, uh, but he kind of just got tangled in the ropes. And Pac knew this, so he you know, kicked uh, Hangman right in the dick. And <laughs> Ebner's, you know, man to man. Like, Ebner's looking at Hangman like, I know what this is. I know what just happened. I've seen that face before, but I didn't see the kick, so I can't do jack shit about it. So the finish was kind of a screwy finish um and he ended up uh pack i what's his i forget his move but he gets up on the top of the rope and he does a million flips and twists and stuff and lands on the guy and if that's not enough he just goes straight into the brutalizer submission and eventually hangman taps out so it was a submission uh, victory but with the low blow asterisk next to it so it looks like that's gonna continue between them so that's why i mentioned the holding back thing as stupid as we both agree that it is it yeah, seems they like probably, what happened. It actually, make, it actually doesn't make sense if it's going to continue because who do they have to go for? Who do they have to face when Pac's going to – or when you got Kenny and Moxley and – I mean, they're kind of like the, the top of that mid-card to low main event. Like there's really no one else established yet. So They're natural. They, they fit right with each other on the card. So, yeah, like, I It mean, would make sense if they kept facing. And Hangman on Twitter three hours ago said – who the hell hired Earl Hebner? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so so the other match, uh, you know, we're talking about Hangman and Pack being kind of perfect foils for one another, for lack of a better term. Uh, but yeah. Gargano and Thorne, I mean, I know a lot of people when Shane Thorne uh, came out 
what, maybe two weeks ago, one week ago, whenever it was on NXT, people were just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, what, Shane Thorne? Like, Gar- like Johnny Gargano, like, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny NXT has to fight Shane Thorne now. Like, he's had all these high-profile matches. What's this guy doing? You know, Gargano won in a nine-minute match that was, for me, super impressive. Yeah. Like, they got that quick athletic Johnny Takeover type stuff in, you know? Like, they look pretty good. I mean... It's hard for Gargano to look bad, and I, I don't. I didn't know much about Shane Thorne, but one thing I was really impressed with is Gargano likes to do these lucha esque type moves, right? And Thorne's a little bigger than him, and he was a great sturdy base at certain points of this match. And I just think that you know, as good as Gargano can be on his own, when he has a guy who's there to help put him over, sell his stuff, the matches end up being so much better. And you know. I think some people knew that Thorne wasn't going to win this, but it was a hot match for all nine minutes of it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, they never slowed down. They kept a good pace. Gargano, Gargano's – Gargano, I mean, like, it's Johnny Five Stars, you know? Like, the dude just goes out there. He has the fans with full sail behind him, and he puts in that work. And more times than not, uh, you're going to – Walk away happy of seeing a Johnny Gargano match, and I don't know if I'd pick this over the other one just because of it just feels like wrong. But yeah, well, you mentioned maybe. this. Like, you I mentioned would, I would this judge earlier. If they did. You you said that, uh, that you know Gargano and Thorn were kind of like uh, Cody and Cody Navarro. Sammy. Yes. Yeah. So in that light, because like Riddle and Cole, like. Even though you wanted to watch the beginning of AEW, you just looked at Riddle and Cole and you were like, fuck, I got, I got to watch that, right? Like, that's how yeah. Pack and Hangman was for me. Um, even though I maybe enjoyed the match a little better, I'm giving this one to AEW uh, because it just felt like the hotter, better television segment, more complete, 13-minute match. And it, there was nothing bad you could say about it. If you didn't like the finish, you didn't like the finish. I don't think they're going to do shit like that all the time without having a story attached to it. You mentioned the hangman tweet. So I think that obviously means that like they're not stupid. They're not going to treat their fans like idiots, uh, unlike some other yeah. companies that we know of. So <laughs> I- I'm giving AEW yeah. this, uh, at least to pull them into it. Now they're only, you know, after this two and one. Are you there too with me? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But one random thought that just popped in my head about talking about finishes. How can you have your first ever match on TV and in uh, a small package? Like, we didn't talk about that. I, I wrote that in my notes, and you tweeted it out too. Yeah, Cody won. Guevara went for a, a moonsault, and then Cody got his knees up. And instead of like picking him up and hitting a crossroads or something, which would have been cool and perfectly fine, yeah. he just rolled him up. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. I, I, I don't really like it. I mean, I feel like your first match on TV ever probably should end in – Someone hitting their established finisher. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only person that hit a crossroads tonight was Damian Priest. So, I mean, what's <laughs> up? Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, exactly. That was a uh, yeah no that that finish in the first match of AEW was pretty interesting, and I thought like it wasn't I, terrible. Like it made sense psychology wise. Yeah, just, like, like I can't be furious. It's, it's the first match ever for your TV, so. Yes. 
I mean, establish yeah. a finisher. What? When's exactly. the best time other than the first match, right? Like that's it. Like mm-hmm. if no one's ever saw AEW before, they can go that Cody, that like, blonde-haired guy. He hits yeah. this cool move at the end of his matches, and that's how you know it's mm-hmm. over. Like I mean, exactly. I, Daniel Bryan's the only one that's known as Mister Small Package. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what are you doing? Come on, I know you guys were buddies or something, but it's it's okay. You don't need to. Use a small package. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, so let's go to our fourth uh, block that I've put together. And this is, I call this the women's championship block. I mean, everyone pretty much noticed that the two women's championships were going on at roughly the same amount of time. Like, I Which, would say, how cool is that? Because that, that shit wasn't happening back in Nitro versus Raw days. No, no. I mean, I, <laughs> like, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. there were two girls in brawn Wet panties that you had to flip to the yeah. other channel to go see, but it was definitely not yeah. this. And, you know, we talked about this earlier that NXT has this plethora of outstanding women's talent. And, yeah, yeah like, I mean, how cool is it that we get to see two women's championship matches head to head? Absolutely phenomenal. I love wrestling in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and I mean, it's not about looks or anything. No disrespect, you know, to uh, Shayna Baszler or, or, or Rose or whatever. But like, I mean, they, they did good work, you know. It was it was nice to see just wrestling and respect for female talents for being wrestlers, you know. So we've been doing AW first. Let's go with NXT first this time. What do you yeah. think of Candice and Shayna? I know you didn't. Uh, you kind of wanted Candice to win here, and I agree. I thought. She probably should, uh, because it makes sense story wise. It would do something. Yep. It's a. I, I wanted a title change. Spoiler: There's no title it, changes. I thought when it wasn't the main event, I was like, "Oh, Shannon might retain," but I still had doubt. But I kind of wish they would have had it as the main event of the whole show because it was a good match. Like Basler just keeps getting better and better. You know, I used to be more skeptical of her than not, but she's really put it together. I mean, she's yeah, been locked in on that character since day one, and oh, the in-ring works. stuff has been just coming and coming and coming to her. I mean, it's there's something to be me. said about these MMA girls. They 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 pick this shit up. Quick. Yeah, yeah. She's been. I guess she did it for a little while before we we're getting signed with WWE and all that back when. But like, she's really stepped it up. You can see it. I mean, like her takeover matches are normally all pretty good i mean like her tv matches are good her character works getting better she has her two uh buddies or whatever you want to call them yeah backing her up so uh, i've been impressed but i just feel like it's time it was time to move on i feel like if you could have that as your main event and it could have been uh you know new woman's champion but everyone would probably be bitching on the internet that they stole the spotlight from the first ever AEW Women's Champion, whatever, blah blah blah. So I guess Triple H is smarter than us. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure what the logic or rationale is here, but like I said earlier, I'm gonna trust Triple H as long as he's in charge because I mean he's he, he's, he's proven time and time again that he does know what he's doing, even if we have to question him here and there. Uh, and I thought this match yeah. was really good. The one, okay, the one. This is this is like a small thing to bitch about, but I don't like unsafe things, and I'm not saying that either worker was unsafe in the slightest. But Candice LeRae went for three consecutive suicide dives on Shayna Baszler, and her head—I mean, it must have skimmed those railings on the you know the barrier railings that they have in yeah. front of the crowd. Like her her head came so close each and every time. Every time she 
got back in the ring and started running again. I was like, no, please don't jump. Please don't jump. And I, you know, that stuff really scares me. Cause it's like, just, you know, let's I, not do that. Her suicide. The only person suicide dives in the women's division that scared me are Sasha Banks. So <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just was concerned for her own safety. It, it's, it's more yeah. about the size of full sale. And I, I love full sale. I mean, yeah, I went yeah, to school yeah. at UCF. I lived in Orlando for five years. I've been to full sale plenty of times. Um, it's a really fun place, but like it's small, you know, it's small. Yeah. And I think these guys, pro I mean, guys and girls need a little more space to work. And when they did some of those wide shots at the AW show, it was just mm -hmm. very clear that NXT was in front of a 400 person crowd instead of a, you know, 10,000 person crowd. Which I would argue at times that 400 person crowd was louder than that 10,000 Person, well, I mean, but like I, but, I'm just saying, a 400 person crowd cannot be louder than a 10,000 person crowd when they're chanting and stuff. Oh, WWE mics their stuff up. Yes, WWE mics their stuff up really well. Um, so I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not like saying yeah, yeah, yeah. leave full sale sure. permanently, but I mean, do like one you show on the road. Track, you know? though, that they're. Uh... Only scheduled through the end of the year, so they probably will. They'll probably start traveling a little bit, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I, mean, I, I know NXT's done loop, loops in, like, the Midwest, the Northeast, things like that. And mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be more and more NXT fans. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, but that was those the one concern. Those venues aren't very big either. Yeah. Like, they, came, they come up to Detroit, and they go to this venue in Royal Oak. It's like a theater, and it's not very big. I mean, yeah. It's probably smaller, smaller than four hundred. I don't know, maybe, maybe four hundred. At the end so, of the day, she didn't hit her simple. head, so I, I'm okay with the match. <laughs> that was just my one criticism: is no, I get no, scared no. for That's things fair. like that. I mean, I've watched. This is more like a New Japan thing because I mean, God knows, like Ibushi and Naito. If you ever watched one of their matches, they are out to fucking oh, yeah. kill themselves, dude. They they're like, what neck? Yeah. It's made of rubber. Like, <laughs> yeah. My buddy says that they're actually like, apparently like real life best friends. So. Oh, I'm sure. They, I'm, like, I'm sure they, they are. Like, they're like, you know, they like just bump fist before the match, you know, behind the, you know, curtain. Yeah. And they're just like, let's, <laughs> let's go do this shit, dude. Like, who cares if we die? Dying tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but the ground back to your point about Candace and the suicide dives, I can understand that, but she's kind of, she ain't really short, but she's more compact, you know, so she don't have like super long legs. So, I'd probably feel a little bit more comfortable with her doing it than, like I, than like I said previously, like a Sasha Banks because mm -hmm. she's long and lanky, and I've seen her catch her feet a couple times and just like land in her face, like it looks like it's broken. So like, I, I understand, like I, I approve of her doing it more per se, just because of body type. Yeah, and and one thing I, I liked, I I'm glad it. you mentioned the size of Candice, is that like you know she's for lack of a better term, like a tiny girl. And yeah. she really reminded me of like the Johnny Gargano matches where he was facing someone bigger and more brutish and that it was just like this, you know, smaller baby face that everyone wanted to get over. And, you know, that kind of comes back to your point that I do think she should have won. But the match was really good. It was about 15 minutes. And I think, um, I mean, Who's I think it was better than the AEW. Yeah, I think it was better than the AEW yeah. match. We'll go over that. I don't even really talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, Rio and Nyla Rose. I mean, Rio's good. Yeah, very athletic, you know. But Nyla, I, I can't help but think that Nyla got put into this position too early, or I mean, you know what? 
there's just better. I mean, Britt Baker was on commentary and it did not help her at all. I mean, she was, you know, some people were tweeting back at me saying like, she's on commentary. I don't even hear her. And I'm like, that's the point. She has nothing to say. She has no good lines. She, I, they tried I to heard her up, twice. But I she think couldn't. And she said, I study a lot and yeah. I know how to study. Yeah. She like, really wanted to put over your, your, the one, the one good on. line, the one good line that she had was, um, you know, they, I think they asked her how long did it, take you to get that dmd uh and she said you know it took me eight years of college to go to get my the dmd after my name and i hope it doesn't take that long to get champion in front of my name and i thought that was a really strong line but that was clearly the one that they like wrote down for her or that she came up with before and was like i'm hitting this one someone set me up but for the most part i just think that she was i I mean i didn't hear her talk too much so i can't say she was bad but she was awkward for sure like she just didn't seem yeah. to have a place. And JR, in JR fashion, I mean, this wasn't a bad thing to say, but he was talking about Nyla and he was trying to throw it to Brit. And he said something like, You really can't find someone like her to practice on. And Brit was like, Yes, she's transgender. What the fuck am I supposed to say to that? You're right, JR. Like, you know, it was like addressing the elephant in the room. And, you know, I thought she ha- I thought she stumbled over that one because, I mean, obviously she can't, like, allude to Nia Jax or something like that. But there's plenty of big women in wrestling. It sounds like JR needs to keep tweeting young females on Twitter about how good they look or something. I, I love JR's Twitter. You leave him alone. <laughs> no, no. But, yeah, this, Jerry, this match Jerry, was not good. Jerry, Lawler gets shit, he gets shit, okay? Come on. <laughs> Um, okay, Rio won. She hit the double yep. knee twice after missing one of them. Uh, I didn't think this match was very good. I thought they got lost uh, during the commercial break. They did this picture-in-picture thing on both shows. I don't know that NXT mm-hmm. is going to keep doing it. And TNT, I don't know if they're going to keep doing it either, but I feel like they might. Um, yeah, but they got lost hitting the commercial break. Like Maybe not hitting the break, but once they were in it a couple of times, I saw the AEW wrestlers kind of just like stalling a little too much. And it's like, just because you're not on television, like I know they they don't have a lot of practice with that. So that's you know something. That's why I say Nyla Rose was in this position a little too early. But that, when, when they were obviously told that they came back, they Rio botched a spot. Maybe it was Nyla's fault. Rose the whole time, or do you think like a Kylie Ray or someone else was supposed to be? In that I think spot? I think Kylie Ray was absolutely the first choice. <laughs> do you think you think the match was like they switched everything up? But do you think the original match was probably Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray, or maybe like a Priestley versus huh. Kylie Ray? Well, I know they were doing do like think- a Priestley Britt Baker thing. Uh, before yeah. that, so I, I do think that Brie and Britt are gonna feud, and that the, their angle that they did in the women's casino battle royale was always the plan. But I mm-hmm. don't think it's crazy to like, you know, Kylie Ray versus like a Rio or someone else. You know, I, I can't really, yeah, I can't put my finger on exactly what I think it would be, but yeah, that's. Uh, I, you like, know, I I think plans changed and they had a tough time adapting and uh, this this or were they been better off going out. with Awesome Kong for like the bigger female wrestler with the small wrestler overcoming the odds? Yeah, or Awesome I, Kong would probably been better. I mean, I think we are gonna get a Kong and Kong matchup eventually, and that's gonna be their role in the company. But uh, 
we'll just yeah. have to wait and see for that. But all right, so this this block, this fourth women's championship block, um, this is clearly going to NXT, right? Yeah, but just to uh, talk a little slightly bit more about Rio, I mean, Kenny obviously believes that she is one of the best in the world and that she deserves this opportunity to be first uh, AEW Women's Champion. So I feel like she might actually have like a sneaky, like long six-month run as the first AEW Women's Champion. Well, that makes sense because like, I think Britt's going to be the one to take it off of her. But I think Britt and B need to have their three-month thing. I think thing. Britt needs to turn heel. Yeah. Maybe like she fails and eventually she just becomes like a heel. Like I feel like that might be her best path actually, but I mean, I guess she's supposed to be a baby face right now, but all she does is tell us that she studied harder than we did, which to me makes her kind of a heel. So, exactly. She could be like a mean girls. Snotty. Yes. Like a snotty girl. I, I, I do like yeah. that idea. And I, you know, I think Kenny's very involved in the women's division, especially with the Joe, <clears throat> the Joshi that he's brought in. Um, so, you know, a, a six-month reign might be pushing it, but I could definitely see an extended reign uh, coming in. Yeah. Initially, I thought, man, they need to move on from this quick, but Rio really wasn't the problem here. You give her someone that's not Nyla Rose, give Nyla Rose some time to work. I think both women end up perfectly fine in the company. Uh, yeah. No harm, no Both predictions, she holds up the double or nothing, too. Wow. Anyways, that's, a, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> For the episode? What's that? That's your bold prediction for the episode? No, just for the woman of AEW. <laughs> all right. So, all right, so we're given that one. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention was uh, Michael Nakazawa yeah, came out afterwards. Ooh, um, that was so bad. Well, I, I thought it was so cool at the beginning bomb. because he was going to um, – No, he was cool. The botch power bomb was bad. Yeah, the botch power bomb was really bad, but – I really like that they were like he came out and the words that he said were so for the Japanese fans like you know like he's Japanese he knows obviously knows English and Japanese and Rio does not he could translate for them and like I thought that was great right let, let Rio cut her promo in Japanese let him a Japanese person who we assume is friends with her translate for the American audience like no one would be upset with that you get all the emotion you need but yeah no he got treated like a geek and took a nasty power bomb I did did Nyla attack Rio too right yeah yeah she did and the one thing we can at least like give a little positive to is she admitted her botch and she just redid it because she was on pace to drop him drop him right on his neck so I mean even though it's a botch, at least she fixed it and didn't kill him. Yeah, she 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 needs some work. She needs some more time. But you know, overall, like I, I'm not furious at this women's division just yet. Uh, but they do nope. need to step up their game. NXT's got a big, you know, just a, there's a big gap between them and NXT. So well, yeah, they would have an established wrestler like Austin Kong, but they treat her like a jobber. So it's like. Like, all the shows she's lost on, you know, she's been Brandy's heavy half the time. And Austin Kong, it's not just the name, you know. She was, she's been one of the best. Also, but you talk about like, people you know, complaining about all the champions being 45 and up. You, I'm trying to think Austin about how Kong. <laughs> But, like, she has had some of the best female matches of the past 15 years. Like, if you go back to 2007 with her and Gail Kim and TNA, that was the best thing TNA had was Austin Kong and Gail Kim. 
Like, it's not a, like, they had Kurt Angle. Like, but the best thing that they had for a good stretch was Gail Kim and Awesome Kong. So, I mean, she's an established veteran. She knows what it's like to have a big match. I mean, she should be the one all these younger ladies are working with before she wants to go work on uh, that Netflix show. What's it called? Glow. Glow, yes, exactly. I love Anyways. Glow, man. I love, I, love, I love that show. And I think, she, <laughs> I think she's really good in it, too. But no, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, regardless, I think uh, anyone, any of the women, the female pairings that you can come up with in AEW would have had a tough time competing with this Candice and Shayna match. So I'm giving them yeah. the, the exactly. that, that technically gives them the lead if we're giving, if we're counting all of these points equally. I don't think we're going to do that each week, but we'll see how it plays out. So I have them up 3-1. I assume yep. you do, too. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I know, okay, so it's I, pretty obvious. Yeah, I feel it is. I feel it's obvious. So the next, the next thing I, I broke up the two main event things together, mm-hmm. and NXT had that fifteen minute overrun, which frankly I don't think they needed. But where I lump, you know, this they did a seven minute match with Pete Dunne and Danny Burch. So I put that alone, and I didn't really. Uh, pair that up against anything because i don't think it had a clear head-to-head but we should still talk about it pete dunn and danny birch i didn't know this match was going to happen and i guess Mm -hmm. i missed a video package for why it's happening so i'm not really sure what happened but it was a cool like british strong style i mean pete dunn's always fun you know so i I enjoyed it that's what it was you know what it was to me it was a flex by nxt saying you know we have all this talent but guess what we also have this much Pete Dunn, like we have him. No, by the way, here's this commercial for Walter versus Kushida next week. We have these guys too. Yeah, it's like this flex of having these main event worthy talents. You know, the dude's the longest reigning champion of the uh, modern or of the 21st century in WWE or whatever you know. So that's true. It's like he's legit. You're going to want to watch Pete Dunne. You're going to want to watch all these other dudes. And uh, AEW is going to have to do a better job mixing in their other guys. I know the roster is huge and it's hard to get guys on TV, but they're going to have to figure out a way to mix some of these other guys in. That's how I took it as like a flex. They're like, hey, look at these guys right here. I mean, especially Pete Dunne. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, the the you know, if you listen to some of the interviews that Triple H has done recently, he's been talking about how there's like an NXT umbrella, and that covers not only NXT TV, but it also under it has now 205 Live or the Cruiserweight division to some extent. It's like and the fly NXT they UK. Told me about in January. Yeah. yeah. And it, and you well, know so the you the NXT UK stars and the 205 Live they also announced Leo Rush and Drew Gulak for next week on NXT, which so, is another really good match. Yeah, two matches next week that like Drew Gulak's one of the most underrated guys in all of wrestling, and then Leo Rush has been forgotten about for almost two years. So that, that's gonna be good. And then all I gotta say is Walter versus Kushida, like. What? That match is gonna be phenomenal. <laughs> like whatever, like it's gonna be so good. Yeah, AEW needs to figure out what they're gonna have that'll match because I don't think they have anything that can match at I'm this point. Sure that can match next it. week they have uh, Spears versus Moxley. Spears wasn't even on the show. Though. That's crazy. No, no, he wasn't. And then uh, that some of the tag tournament matches. So maybe we get Jurassic. Uh, what is it? Uh, well, whatever they book. Jurassic Express versus. Uh, 
Lucha Bros. So those are two good matches too, but still. <laughs> yeah, whatever Wrestling. they book, it's going to have to be damn good because Walter and Gushita, like you said, I mean, you just say that yeah, match. Give them 40 minutes. Most, yeah, most wrestling fans are like, I'm turning my TV to that channel at that time. Because yeah. that's like a, you know, that's another one of those dream matches that maybe two or three years ago you never thought would happen, but now you really want to see it. Uh, but, the, you know, okay, so the, the argument I have, not argument, but the thing I have in AEW's uh, favor in my head is that they also have things under their umbrella, right? Like, they have the partnership with OWE and CML. Yeah. So they Apparently, need to start uh, featuring those guys. I mean, it's it's obviously the first episode. It's early, so it's not a knock on them, but they do need to incorporate that. Yeah, the Apparently, one of the matches on this uh, before the show, one of our Twitter followers tweeted us was a uh, Sema versus uh, Darby Allen. Like I didn't even see that. Really? Yeah, I seen that. Like in our mentions, uh, I know you thanked him for another one that was talked about, but that one. Yeah, like, I know the I know the dark match after the show was Angelico and Jack Evans, and I think the Lucha Bros. Versus Private Party and another tag team. I don't know. I'll find that. Yeah. But yeah, there were there were dark matches with people that didn't uh, get talked about. Yeah. So I seen that when it was before the show, and I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good match. You probably could have had maybe. I know you had, they advertised the MJF one, but if you put that on there for ten minutes and you take away a couple minutes here and there, I mean, that's a pretty solid match you could have had on the main card. On the main show as well, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I found <laughs> just, it. It, it was Lucha things. Bros and, and Helico and Jack Evans beat the best friends with Orange Cassidy and Private Party. I assume Orange Cassidy was just hands in the pocket on the side the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Orange Cassidy, that's another guy. They have all these dudes. Like, I know you got to get your established names on TV and all that stuff. And But I think the strongest part about AEW is that mid to upper mid card like they have so many guys that have the potential but they're not established enough yet so anyways i just keep ranting so we can get no, back you, to you're good the script all right so we have uh you know so so we didn't have anything up against that uh there was also like you said damian priest after the match came out oh uh, and attacked pete dunn yeah. he hit a crossroads i i he probably call it doesn't call it a crossroads but i thought it was funny uh, that he hit that move. I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Uh, but he didn't or, hit that yeah. on Pete Dunn. And then there was a Kathy Kelly uh, interview with the Undisputed Era, and they were talking about Finn Balor, and he Cole just cut like a promo saying he didn't really give a shit who was there that he'd kick anyone's ass. So I, I believe him. Um, <laughs> and then, so, okay, let's do our main event uh, head-to-head. The main event head-to-head was obviously the uh, the Elite, Omega and the Young Bucks versus what was it? I don't even remember. LAX and Chris Jericho. Uh, LAX yep. kind of, you know, you you had something to say about this. What do you think about them spoiling the surprise of LAX and not just doing it on this show? Well, I was also live at uh, All Out, right? And they popped up, and that was like craziest match you'll ever see. That ladder match, and. They didn't need to attack him because mm-hmm. now the booking feels all predictable. So what's probably going to happen next week or the week after? They're likely going to eventually attack the Lucha Bros. Like maybe they don't attack the Lucha Bros to the final finals against SCU or whoever they face, or maybe they attack them the first week. 
but they're likely going to attack them and the Young Bucks. So you gave that all away pretty much. So, and then we you lose on the surprise of this. Like people were freaking out even before they knew it was them. Like, like yeah, man, could you imagine if it was LAX? That'd be freaking cool, right? And the cool factor wears off, and then I don't know. It just bothered it bothered bothered me for sure. Like, come on. I agree. I mean, I think, I think that, I think they're in the middle of, you know, they want to do these surprises and things like this, but they had a surprise for this show that, I mean, I think we both found underwhelming, especially because we kind of knew about it. But I, I think that, you know, the, the idea is that, like, do you save it for a surprise or do you book it ahead of time to get people's interest? And I don't know that LAX uh, gets people's interest kind of like that. So... Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think they should have held it for a surprise. But on the uh, WWE NXT side, there was the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era. And Undisputed, or I mean, the Street Profits came out with Wale. And I thought Wale was going to, like, rap or something. He was just their hype guy, you know. He was like, when I say street, you say profits. Or he said, you know, when we want the, and the crowd would go, smoke. So, I, you know, I mean, that was fun. They gave everyone red cups for the props and stuff like that. Um but I kind of like the star power of the AEW main event more. Dean Ambrose interfered and he brawled with yeah, Omega. That, so talk talk about that. I also didn't like that. That's a WWE thing right there. Like I can just hear Michael Cole in my ears. What the hell? Oh my God, it's two on, it's two on three. What are they going to do? This is bullshit. Like I can just hear it and I don't like it. And I, it happened in the middle of the match. Could have not happened a little bit later. Like, a lot of people haven't got to see Kenny Omega wrestle that much this year. It would be nice to see him wrestle a little bit more. But, you know, I guess it made sense for... Yeah, it, de- it definitely built hype for that Ambrose, Ambrose Moxley match yeah. uh, that Omega Probably has. But, but it was very WWE. It was it, like, it, it's just... It was, why did for it being happen? honest, like, well, it, it makes sense why it happened, but why did it have to happen at the seven-minute mark? mark of the 14 minute match instead of the 11 minute mark of the 14 minute match just just a little pet peeve but um yeah they did good stuff i mean what about the glass table spot uh you know i don't even know what to call the move it wasn't exactly a ddt or a, I, it looked like a what do they call it an impaler ddt yeah or i guess but he he took a you know he Moxley took Omega right through a glass table, and to me, it didn't necessarily look like that shatter glass that WWE always has. It looked like it right. might have just been a glass table, and I don't put it past them to just say, you know, fuck it, let's do that. Um, so that was a little, you know, violence for the crowd and stuff, and I thought that was kind yeah. of a cool spot. But like you said, it didn't need to happen in this match, and it didn't need to happen this early in the match because – after they came back from commercial, it was just like it's two on three. What the hell? And then exactly. And then what? Um, you know the the finish was uh or, you know or LAX it, or sending. Santana was like like he got hit with that move and he was like twitching on the mat or whatever. Yeah. Did you see that? Like <laughs> what what is going on? I, it was That's all it was all conflated. Really, the only thing that I can piece together was the finish. I thought was kind of cool is. Uh, you know, Santana and Ortiz, they like grabbed Jericho and flung him into, I think it was Nick Jackson, and he hit the uh, Judas effect, which I thought was a good way yeah. to get over the Judas effect. Like, okay, he put a little extra oomph on it, and an elbow to the head can really knock someone out like that. 
And then yeah, they, the song's better than move, but sure. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's I mean, but it's it's Jericho. He hit a lion salt, which I thought he actually hit pretty cleanly. But yeah, he's not. You know, it's not Jericho from twenty years ago. Like it's just oh, you know, he has to work with what he has. five years ago. But it's it's fine. Question: Do you think that the five guys that closed up this show, Jake, Jake Hager, Jericho, Ortiz, Santana, and, and uh, Sammy Garza, are going to be like a faction? Because I see this photo on Twitter right now, at the end of the show, at the top of the ramp, and it looks like uh, Santana and Ortiz are the tag team, and it looks like Sammy. It looks like the uh, little, like up and comer, you know, hype guy, and then. Jericho looks like obviously he's, looks like he's the world champion, and then Hager looks like the muscle. I mean, I, so that's how it looked like to me. It looked very factiony. I mean, Jericho at one point yeah. had his arms around Hager. Uh, you know, th- this was the big surprise that we alluded to earlier. Is Jake Hager? If you don't know who that is, he's fought. I think he's done UFC recently, and it's the former Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger from WWE. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I think some WWE people knew who he was. It's kind of an underwhelming surprise, um, but you know, he definitely hit that hard cam and stared intensely. Uh, he knew that spot from his WWE days. So I, that I like that as a faction, though. I do like that as a faction. It really feels thrown together, but I'm all for it. I mean, I guess. I mean, well, it could one be interesting. thing, Cody had that, uh, he had a, like a conference call with a bunch of the, uh, you know, wrestling news media. And one of the things that he said was that they, they're, they've booked pretty far in advance. I mean, obviously things yeah. change, plans change, but I don't think it's this, uh, you know, Vince McMahon tear up the script before, Tuesday before SmackDown or Friday before SmackDown mm-hmm. now and you rewrite the whole show because he didn't like what he saw you know i think they have a plan yeah. and they're going to try to stick to that as much as possible so you think uh sorry to cut you off but you think uh AEW could be going that new japan route where everyone's in a faction like lij bullet club chaos or whatever you think they're gonna like have all these factions you think that's gonna be like like a kenny omegaism you know where they're gonna have all these groups i i, I don't see why they wouldn't right because factions if you look at modern wrestling it's it's all the rage, dude. Like undisputed era. I mean, even the Shield were over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like for sure, they're huge. You know, I, like you mentioned Lij. Obviously, the biggest uh, faction probably of the last decade or half decade at least has been Bullet Club. You know, being the exactly. Gaijin and uh, New Japan. You know, all the American stars kind of joining that. You know, anyone from uh, you know Prince Devitt, the former uh, Finn Balor or the future Finn Balor. Uh, Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, you know, Gallows and Anderson, Adam Cole. Like, you have all of those guys. Yeah. Uh, the faction the faction way seems to be the route, and I would not be upset with it, especially when you have guys like SCU. Like, you know, putting them in a faction with some other people really adds to their variability. Yeah, I mean, seems like a potential podcast for you, you know. <laughs> Make some groups up. <laughs> I mean, whew. I don't know. All right, Another so they could have a killer six-man tag division. <laughs> yeah, like, but are, you, you, I mean, we've talked about this kind of off-air a little bit. Obviously, it's yeah. the first show, so it's been off-air. But we've talked about it, and I think it's a little early for that. But once they're established, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. we're all in favor. There's natural trios teams. I don't see why you wouldn't put a trios title. Yeah, I'm just looking at this right here, this photo I'm looking at of like that group we just mentioned, potentially of Jericho, Hager, Garza, 
Santana and Ortiz. I mean, you could just put Santana Ortiz with one of the other two, you know, say they're out of tag team title contention. Like, I feel like before we know it, within like a year, there's going to be some six man belts because, like, they got like eight teams already. Well, you know what I like about trios titles that uh, I think tends to be a big flaw when it comes to tag teams is that tag teams are very predictable sometimes because the natural inclination is to book a tag team strong and then have them break up to establish them as single stars and when you have a trio you have variability with that right like it doesn't always have to be the person you think it is and they can turn on the group instead of turning on the you know on just another person so i i think that adds a lot of booking scenarios and they definitely want that so I hope it's yeah. in AEW's future, but we do, guys we do have to wrap up pretty quickly. Um, so yep. <laughs> let's get the final vote on, um, you know, d- did you like, we didn't really talk that much about Street Profits and Undisputed Era, but w- are you giving in this main event segment to AEW or NXT? Well, that, uh, that was just a classic Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly tag team match right there. I mean, it's what they do. They always give you a match that's worth you know, watching more than once, pretty much. So, I mean, I'd probably lean with them. I mean, I don't understand if you went with AEW, but I'm leading NXT because, like, it just felt like so much crap happened at the end of that segment, and I thought Kenny was taken out too quickly, and just little pet peeves, but they still did a good job. It's just, I just lean for the traditional tag match. Yeah, I'm glad you're going with NXT because I'm going to go AEW here. I think that even though the Hager debut didn't necessarily work for either of us, I think it did work for some people, and they are trying to get that. Uh, you know, Cody doesn't like to call them laps fans. He's been calling them returners. So I think that that's kind of the idea there. It was nice to see Dustin Rhodes. We didn't even mention that he came out. And at the end of the day, if you put it in a vacuum, that you know Ambrose run-in does make a lot of sense. So I think it was a very star-powered segment, so I'm going to give it to them. And I'm also going to take points off of NXT because I don't like that they did the 15-minute overrun. I don't think that was necessary, and I maybe would have been okay if they hadn't done that. Uh, the last thing that we did not talk about... That's why I saw something out real quick. Uh, Sean Ross on Twitter said that Tony Khan says that Jake Hager has been signed since before All Out with AEW, so wow. he's been signed under the umbrella for quite a bit of time. Well, that's good. They can keep a secret. But the uh, I, I'm giving the points to AEW, so that means I, I mean, that means I finish three, two, three, three and two in favor of NXT, and you finish four and one in favor of NXT. Yeah. We're both gonna give NXT the nod today i'm pretty sure right because i I think that was overall the better show even though AEW was maybe uh what's the word you know like there was a lot of hype there was a lot of there were you know there were a lot of goosebump moments you know there were it it was mythical almost you know it was the start the biggest goosebump moment for me was uh finn balor actually showing up in nxt i've seen finn balor before though you know it was there were certain moments of AEW that it was like Man, this is something different, which is, you know, which is the big plus on them. But NXT overall, I think, put together the better in-ring show. And you really couldn't, I don't think you could look away for a minute of either of these shows. No, I mean, I really hope that AEW keeps that uh, 10 to 12 airing because 
Uh, I'm not watching them at the same time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, take Dustin's word for it. You probably should watch one and then the other. If you have DVR, utilize that. Um, you know, yeah. if you, if you need it's to wait until it's on the network or if it's on Hulu, wait for NXT there. Um, but both shows YouTube are really TV, good. Whatever. Yeah, but both shows are really good. And let's talk about the last thing that happened at the end of the NXT show that I forgot. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa came out. You talked about this a little earlier. Ciampa came out, stared down uh, Cole. So yeah, you got to figure he, he's back it. in the mix. I, I would love to see him as champion again. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, Adam Cole is basically a 1980s Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> the dude has all these baby faces coming for him, and he's going to be a chicken shit heel, and he's going to wrestle in the middle like a freaking star and he might win by cheating he might win clean he might win by poking someone in the freaking eyes i don't know but he has a lot of people to challenge him i feel like undisputed era is going to be the focal point of the nxt booking at least through the rest of 2018 or 18 geez 19 <laughs> and i feel like they're gonna like i said be the focal point so you that, there's a reason why you take that build up Velveteen dream and put it on Roderick Strong, you know, so you, they have all the gold. and That's the main faction in wrestling right now, I would probably argue, unless, unless you count the elite as the faction. Uh, I think <laughs> Undisputed Era is probably the biggest faction as it is right now. But I really America, couldn't have said it better myself, you know, that he is, Cole is an 80s Ric Flair right now. He does have all those guys chasing after him. And it, it'll be exciting to see that play out over the next, I mean, who cares, six months, a year, whatever yeah, it is. Whatever. I mean, you know, it's the longer there are these guys in NXT. He has the, the highest uh, Raw or SmackDown potential, too, because he cuts the best promo with in-ring work without the health risk of a champa. Mm-hmm. But, so I feel like he's that crown jewel of NXT. And I remember the first time I seen him, it was like 2012, flipping the channels, came across Ring of Honor. I think he was actually facing Kyle O'Reilly for like a TV title. And like, I never felt like a dude could become a 10-time WWE champion the first time I watched him, but that's the vibe I got from that dude. And he's been my favorite probably ever since. And He's a good one to pick, man. Always Adam Cole NXT, is one of the best. Always in NXT. I might be leaning them, but I've gone to AEW shows like you have, and you get that vibe, and it's a real family atmosphere with the fans. So I, it's a great time to love wrestling, basically. Yeah. Both of these shows are these shows to watch. I mean, this Friday, SmackDown should be worth watching, but who knows after that, you know? So Yeah, we didn't get to Wednesday talk about Friday, SmackDown, which will be debuting on Fox uh, this Friday, October 4th. <laughs> Um, but The Rock's going to be on there. I'm expecting, th you know, 3 million to 4 million viewers for the first week and for it to drop after that. But Monday was a pretty big deal for Raw. They had their best ratings since early August. Um, so it, it is a really good time for wrestling. You're lucky uh, that we didn't go short because if we went short, I was going to make you talk about the Bobby Lashley and Lana angle. But we will talk about the cuckolding another time. If we have, I mean, if we have it, it's the best angle in wrestling, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you ask Paul no. Heyman and Vince McMahon, I'm sure they're cackling their asses off. But <laughs> hey, I mean, 1990s Paul Heyman, man. I mean, shit. I mean, you had Francine and Shane Douglas and Tommy Dreamer and what was it? 
Medusa or was it Medusa? McGillicuddy? Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. So that's it, folks. That that's the uh that's the Wednesday yeah. night wars. That's mine and Dustin's <laughs> review. We uh you know, we both enjoyed both shows and like we said, it's just a great fucking time to be a wrestling fan. You know, 2019, man. And 2020 looks... Normally, October sucks. Yeah, I mean, 2020 looks to be even better, too. So, we're going to do... We're going to try to do this show once a week, I think. If I can, um, I'll try to do some more. I'm not really sure what the plan is. There's a couple of uh, people that, you know, work for the site, uh, michigansportsandentertainment.com, if you guys aren't familiar, but that's where we post all of our articles. There's a couple guys at the site I know that I have options with uh, to talk about various shows, so I don't know how many I'm going to get up per week, but you can probably count on Dustin. He doesn't know if pick up the player option. Yeah. You don't know if he's picking up that player option yet. You know. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, you can probably count on Dustin and I to do these uh, shows weekly, and we're going to try to get them out like we did this episode Thursday morning. So we will see you Perfect. next week. And, oh, before we go, Dustin, you want to let the people know where they can find you on social media and such? Oh, on Twitter, whitehead 96 And if you got any wrestling questions, you can tweet at the MSC Pro Wrestling account and – David will answer 80% of them, and I'll answer the other 20. That is what the bio says. Yeah, if you want to yes, if you want to contact either of us, the best place is to tag us at MSE Pro Wrestling. Um, I guess if we, we will take some mailbag questions for sure. So uh, should we make up like a hashtag or something? Or No, our DMs are open. If you have a mailbag question, send us a DM and just, you know, give us – Put mailbag somewhere in there, you know, mailbag colon and ask us your question. And we'll try to get to all of this. When it's not one thirty in the morning, we'll come up with a hashtag. Yes. But, you know, right yeah. Now, when it's not it's one thirty a.m., we will come up with a hashtag. But that's it. That's the show. You guys can find me at on Twitter uh, at David Rosenberg. That's R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G-G. There's two G's in it. Like Dustin said, at MSC Pro Wrestling, that's where you're going to find all of our reviews, all of our articles, the AEW review and the NXT review will be up tomorrow morning. And you can find all of the other wrestling podcasts here at MSC Pro Wrestling. So that's the show. Thanks, guys.